Hi, welcome to the show. My name is Trey Carland, and my guest today is Andreas Muller. He's uh, from Germany and has been giving some talks on non-duality for the last 10 years or so, I guess. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it started in 2011. Yeah. yeah. And you've written several books as well? Absolutely, yes. I mean, most of them just come out of the talks. It's not really newly written, but just the conversations and a few texts. Yeah, I've only had a chance to read some of the ebook available on your website, and the quotes from that are very, very lovely. I like that book a lot. Mm, cool, great. Yeah, maybe, um, well, your website is thetimelesswonder.com, and people can learn more about the talks you give there. You've got um, some in-person talks as well as some Zoom talks on a regular basis. Um, maybe before we jump in, we can let you maybe give an introduction, because I know at the beginning of each talk you give, there's kind of a synopsis of what this message is really about. Those messages are, are probably a good way to get this conversation started. So maybe you can just give us a little bit of info about what it is you talk about. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So I give it a try. <clears throat> well, uh, the, basically, it's about two things, so to speak. Or this message is kind of saying two things. Well, on the one hand, it's just saying that there is no I that there isn't a separate entity that we really are, so to speak. And what I would refer to the I, so to speak, is a sense of presence. Most people experience themselves, so to speak. They would say, I am someone, I'm a person, I'm a human being, or I'm a presence, I'm an awareness, or there is something within me which I truly am, a soul, something, some kind of spirit or entity. So on the one hand, this message is saying that this is completely illusory. There isn't anything or anyone within anyone's body, so to speak. There isn't anyone in there. On the other hand, what this message is saying is that what happens, what seems to be happening, is all there is. There is no hidden truth or deeper layer, or it's not part of a bigger plan. It doesn't have a direction or an intention. All those things would only appear for this artificial eye. It's this eye which lives in this dream world of I am real and I'm on a path and things are moving on in time. There is a goal, there is a bigger reality, there is a deeper reality. And I have to realize that, find that, find fulfillment for myself. So, well, that's the dream. And on the other hand, what happens, what's left, so to speak, without that dream, is what happens and it's whole and complete already those are very simplified the two things or the apparent two things there is no i and what happens is all there is 
Beautifully simple. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, I guess a little bit of the backstory how I found you, quote unquote. So yeah, I'd been a seeker practicing inquiry and having lots of glimpses, we'll say, of the know me. Um, and the idea was that eventually that would lead to some sort of permanent recognition. But toward the end of the, the seeking, there was just this recognition that this activity, this working with a teacher, doing inquiry, was just perpetuating this sense of separation. This student-teacher relationship was just perpetuating that which it was designed to overcome, we'll say. Mm. Um, and at that point in time, there was this brief period of not knowing what to do next. And um, came across Jim Newman's message and that resonated very deeply. It was like, this is the quote unquote way non-duality should be talked about here. Um, this makes a lot more sense than this just trying to work harder and do more inquiry. And um, so I started just binge watching him and your name kept coming up in his Zoom talks. People were talking about Andrea. So I checked you out and realized, wow, this is this is really cool. A similar message, different energy, and really resonated with that. So I've been diving deep into all the YouTubes you've got out there. So a lot of gratitude for putting this out there. And I asked some friends if they had any questions they'd want asked during this interview, and I've got a few here from them. So I'll just start with what those questions are and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions is, is knowing an illusion? Uh, yes, yes, one could say so. There, there, is, uh, there is no real knowing, yes. There is no reality in the first place that could be known. There is no, uh, no circumstance of how it really is. So as there isn't a circumstance in the first place that could be known, there isn't real knowing either yeah another question is consciousness or awareness just a construct of the brain well yes and no uh, i mean there are two things apparently on the one hand there is the function of awareness and consciousness so compared to a stone we seem to be conscious but that's just a function. And then there seems to be, for some people, the illusion of self-awareness, self-consciousness, an experience to be conscious. And what this message says is that this isn't real. And the funny thing is in that sense, it's not even a construct of the brain. It's not even constructed, but this doesn't make sense. I can't explain that. It's a, it's a miracle in a way that for some people it can feel like as if they are conscious, but there isn't anything or anyone who's really conscious. Is the answer to give up the insanity of seeking since it seems to be an endless loop of a snake swallowing its own tail? <laughs> Well, sounds good. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> the, the problem with that one is that there is no one who could do so. So, 
I mean, a lot of spirituality is about giving up the search. It's, it's about giving up seeking. And the person, the eye is constantly trying to do that and not managing it. So it's not really the suggestion here. The, the suggestion is that there is no I. And when this turns out that there isn't anyone, the seeking drops automatically, but it can't be done really. Though it sounds so logical, it sounds like, as I said, it sounds like a really good idea, <laughs> but it's impossible to do. I have to say that encountering this message has seemingly alleviated the seeking energy, at least in this character. There seems to be a relief. The seeking is relaxed. There's just, there's no longer striving because there's a recognition that there's nothing to be attained. Mm. So there's a lot of traveling lighter after encountering this message, which seems like a side benefit, but. <laughs> mm. And it makes sense that people would sort of long for this because it is the, the end of seeking and seeking is inherently dissatisfying. So in a way it makes sense for people to long for this, but in a way they at least don't really know what it is. The outcome is more or less death of the, the self, which the me doesn't exactly want. It really wants to recognize that this is already free and complete and whole. But you've said that that's, that doesn't happen. That's not the end game, so to speak. Mm, absolutely, yes. I mean, within the, per within the personal reality, seeking makes absolute sense. I don't say that it's wrong to seek and that you or anyone else should, should come to this knowledge or to that conclusion. I mean, the person feels unfulfilled and out of that feeling, the seeking is natural almost, it's automatic, but it's just all part of that dream that there is someone in the first place. I think you've also said that there's no real benefit to liberation or the seeing through of the illusion of me. It's not exactly this grandiose experience that people hope it is. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, this whole idea, uh, this whole idea of benefit is just part of that dream. And as I said before, actually, that is that is the seeking. It's not about. Actually, seeking is not about becoming whole. It's about noticing that I'm whole, becoming aware of knowing that I'm whole. And that's just impossible because knowing is illusory, being aware of is illusory. So it just won't happen. It can't happen. And yes, what we speak about in the end is the melting away of the separate energy, which is just death. It looks like death, my end, <laughs> my end as an entity that is, <laughs> which is another story, of course, because it just turns out to be non-existent already. I'm curious as to whether or not in this dream of being a separate self, if everything that's perceived is just a projection. 
Yes, and and the 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 well, the process of projecting is the perceiving. In a way, the the personal reality is I'm something that's real, and the projection is that everything else is also something that's real, but it's somehow energetic. It just feels like that. It feels as if I'm a thing and as if everything else is are separate things too. Me and the wall, me and other people, me and my thoughts. So it just feels like that, as if I'm real. And as if thoughts, for example, are something that happens as well. That's the projection. You use the term um, what is this blindly itself before? And I just wanted to explore this, it being blind to itself, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's an unexpected one. <laughs> but the thing is, the only thing that experiences itself, or that would say, I'm aware of there being something, is the me. It is the illusion. And nothing else has this experience. Everything else, so to speak, is just itself without experiencing itself. And in a very funny way, this also, um, it's also the case for the human body even. The human body doesn't know about itself being something, it just is itself like every stone, every cloud, every thought, every feeling, including the, the, the whole body, doesn't know about itself. It just is itself. It's just this illusion of self-consciousness, which would say, well, there is something. I'm aware of it. I know it. So everything is blind. Everything is inexperienced. That's what I mean with blind, actually. Nothing has the experience to be, everything just is, kind of, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so there's no real connection between seeking and the end of seeking. Absolutely, yes, yes. Though in a lot of your talks, it seems as if, um, and maybe this is just from my perspective, the exhausted seeker seems to resonate more with this message than, say, the seeker who's still experimenting with various and sundry techniques to bring about a better story. So I don't know if there's a correlation there or not, but. Well, um, at least that's what seems to be happening. It's not, not that it has to be like that, that one needs to be, have been a seeker for whatever time. But of course, it's, it's pointing to the end of seeking. And as long as seeking provides enough hope, so to speak, <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily end up being interested in this message, yes. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah. One of the things I hear from a lot of people that are quote unquote on the path is this sense of aloneness, feeling alone, 
lacking connection. And I'm not sure if that's something you can speak to or not, but it seems to be a recurring theme, this feeling of isolation. And of course, given the pandemic, obviously a lot of people have been through real isolation, but I don't know if there's any anything to say about that. Well, kind of. I mean, I am. The sense of I am is the sense of aloneness. And in the end, that's that's how it feels. I am, and I'm all by myself. And one could say all seeking is kind of an attempt to melt back into wholeness, but seen from the person that's making a connection, feeling connected, to not feel separate and to not feel alone, of course. And, and then the person is trying to overcome this, but it's trying to overcome this with an experience of unification, which it which perpetuates separation as that keeps it separate. But of course, the person is the aloneness. Me in this, there's me, and there's this huge universe around me or where I'm in. That's the basic experience. There also seems to be a continuum that um, you've talked about a little bit, the consistency of what's arising you know, whether it's the sun rising and setting at a given time or the house being there when I return from work or there, there appears to be this continuum that I guess is real and unreal maybe. I don't know if there's anything to say about that apparent continuum or whether real and unreal just summarizes it, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, in a way that summarizes it, but I think it's it's a very hard one for the me, but it's it's part of this projection actually. The only thing that experiences a continuum or that something happens is the me. It's amazing. There is no real continuity. It's not there. Nothing knows about that. So one could call it real and unreal, but it's almost a bit conceptual because nothing actually has a clue about continuity. So it's not there, really. One of the things kind of to dovetail on that is it seems as if there's um, ideas arise that are almost as like premonitions. So the idea arises, I should interview Andreas for my podcast. And then later action takes place and eventually that comes to fruition. So it seems almost as if this idea of a continuum, one idea leading to an apparent reality, so to speak. Um, but that too is just what's happening, I guess. Exactly, yes, absolutely. And all of that is inexperienced, yes. That's, I mean, the thing with this continuity and a lot of things with the personal reality, time and space and stuff, which is continuity actually, it just feels like that. It's not something that the person conceptualizes or stuff. It just really feels as if something's happening and you can't, the person can't really doubt that 
or it can doubt that on an intellectual level, but still it feels as if something is happening, as if something is going on. So it can't really escape from that. And, and no matter how often you question that, the person always comes back to, hey man, there is something happening, come on. Don't tell me anything else. It's all nice ideas, but there is something going on. It just feels like that. <laughs> You've also said that the <clears throat> this message is is useless, but I think that's because the me can't use it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the experience of what's arising, the person isn't actually experiencing this at all. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Or the, the setup of experience. Well, it never really happens, but it just stays within itself. It has nothing to do really with what's going on. It's an yeah, as a description, not as a judge, not in a judgmental way, in a descriptive way. It's an artificial reality that never leaves itself. One of the things we have in common is we both have kids. I think you've got a son, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How old is he? He's eight years old now. Okay. We got a nine-year-old daughter, so. Uh, ah. I know there's there's not advice for the seeker, but I'm kind of curious as to parenting. Is there any parenting advice that comes up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not really. I I don't have the impression that you need advice. <laughs> Apart from that, we are just helplessly wholeness appearing to be fathers. <laughs> yeah. When you're uh, in parenting situations and you get frustrated by your son's behavior, does there oh, yeah, that, anger come or frustration? Oh, yeah, of course. That, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> does this save me? I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But ultimately, it just happens by itself, sort of organically parenting happens. Exactly, yes. I mean, I don't have a big story about education. There's not much going on in terms of he should learn this, he has to learn this, and all this theoretical stuff. Actually, my impression is I don't carry that around, or I guess it's actually not there. But there's apparent functioning, and out of that, there can be frustrate usually it's about tiredness i think <laughs> and then there can be frustration and all stuff like that but i don't think that i carry a huge story around as i say about be a good boy and you have to and that stuff i think that's gone basically yeah but still kind of i'm left or what's left is how i apparently am yeah it makes sense You've also talked about the effortlessness of this. Um, maybe you could just elaborate a little bit on, <clears throat> on effortlessness. Yes, I mean, what we talk about is not a state. Uh, know me or not being someone. 
which is a story, is not a state that someone is in or that, that I have to keep up or something. What we talk about is absolutely not special, so to speak. And it's already happening. What, what, what this points to as wholeness and all those maybe important or meaningful sounding words is just what naturally happens. It's very ordinary. And it's a surprise that it's completely effortless and that the whole idea of efforting, I have to do life. I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm responsible for a lot of things, so to speak. I'm responsible to be to be a father. I'm responsible all that stuff. That's just illusory. And in that sense, what we talk about, the natural reality is totally effortless. It's effortless all the time. The efforting is a dream. I have to do it. I have to become enlightened. I have to become a good father. I have to become a good neighbor, whatever. I have to be a good partner or whatever. This, this struggle, this I is illusory. And the rest, so to speak, happens by itself kind of beyond good and bad the, the, yeah and the, the funny thing in all in all personal ideas and also in all personal spiritual traditions there's always effort involved there's always something to do something a state to be kept up or something a position where you have to return to or stuff like that that's all illusory yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, I'm curious, I know there's not really a, um, the seeking doesn't lead to anything, but you were a seeker for quite a while prior to this seeing through of the illusion, we'll say. Mm. Um, and you felt probably like you were on a path making progress and that typical experience. Yeah, yeah, I've really kind of a typical seeker story, yes. But then something happened, you encountered Tony Parsons, whose um, message somehow struck a chord and maybe you can talk a little bit about that, what seemed to transpire. Yes, it's actually quite similar to what you were talking. I mean, in the years before I met this message, I was in a, in a, in a well, yeah, it was a, like a guru disciple game, which I enjoyed very much, actually. I can't really say anything bad about it, other than it was a personal game going on, but it was kind of okay. But, and, um, but it was like you in the beginning, it was very promising, but the technique and all I, I was supposed to do, which wasn't very strict, but the usual ideas like being the moment to not focus on thoughts and stuff like that. In the beginning, it was very promising, but after a while it became very exhausting and it became a new prison. So it was kind of similar to you. And after a while, I had an awakening there, 
where there wasn't anyone. And that was quite obvious to me. And then the whole guru-disciple relationship started to crumble. I couldn't, it didn't make sense anymore, but not intellectually. It just, it was somehow seen that it's, that it's a game that has nothing really to do with there not being anyone. So this crumbled and like you said, I didn't know what to do. I was, I felt great actually because the burden was gone, but of course I was still there somehow being unfulfilled. And that's how I stumbled actually over Tony. I wasn't really looking for someone or I was still totally happy to not have anyone where I thought I need to go to and talk to and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I stumbled over a video of Tony not really looking for someone. Um, and three weeks later, he, was, he, he came close to where I lived. So I went there and uh, yeah, something resonated. And it was very interesting for me that before that I was in this, as I said, in this guru disciple thing where, where the guru was always very, very special. And uh, it was somehow obvious for me that this wasn't the case at Tony's meeting. I mean, of course, within the story, I, I liked him and he was kind of special, but for me, but there was never this role and it was so obvious that he's not entertaining this role and all that stuff. So yeah, I was kind of left with this message and yep. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool how all that happens, isn't it? <clears throat> it's amazing. I think no one's really seeking for that. That's the thing, you can't seek for this message. You can stumble over it accidentally almost, but it can't really be sought. Yeah. Did you spend a fair amount of time with Tony or was that just kind of a brief stint? Yes. I mean, I, I visited him when he came to Germany. It was about two years until my talk started or until the apparent dropping happened and well, it's, you know, it's always a bit dangerous to talk about that because, because in the end nothing happened, nothing dropped and that stuff. But um, yes, and in those two years, I've, I, I went to a few residentials and I saw him in Germany and yes, yeah. But compared to what I did before in my story, it was utterly relaxed and not very often, so to speak. Before that, I was, when I was in the spirituality, I was quite dedicated. Mm. I mean, there had been people who were more dedicated, who I was very envious of, but I was kind of dedicated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's always somebody who's doing it better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was always someone who was there even more often than I was. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in those two years, of course, I mean, I don't know. I just went there when it, when it was possible. There, there was somehow, there was a pull to go there. And of course, the message was fascinating. 
But on the other hand, it was just loosening up. There's all those ideas about, I need to be there. I need to hear this. I need to be with Tony, for example. That was so, it just was loosening up and it was so obvious that it wasn't about that. And I kind of had that game in the years before also. So maybe in the story, I was kind of through with that. It's just, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't say stuff like that, but that's just what seemed to have happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've exhausted my questions, but um, I, I have to say I do love the message and for some reason just can't get enough of it. And it's clear that there's not a, a doer here simply because who would choose to just listen to this message over and yeah. over? <laughs> Yeah, could almost be approved. <laughs> In a way, solid evidence. Who would who would listen to this? You you don't exist. Message repeatedly, but it's uh, yeah, irresistible. Mm, yes. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> it's not really that one wants it, but one can't really stay away from it. Well, would you like to say anything here before we go, or maybe you could tell us your book titles, because I don't have that in front of me right now. I think the titles are very uh, poignant themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's this, I think the last book with conversations that, that I wrote was, it's called You Will Never Be Free. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's, that's quite quite on point, so to speak, yes. Then there's a very thick book, which is several conversations with one person that's called No Point Perspective. And it's a lot, it's a thick book. I don't know if I can really suggest, well, I don't really suggest any of my books, but that's a, that's a thick book. And then there are two books with quotes, yeah. And one, one of those is just to download from the website as a PDF. Yeah, that one is titled... Um, well, the end of all lockdowns. Um, uh, it, well, it fits the time. Yes. Well, that's a subtitle. I guess it has a real title and that's still, that's a subtitle. But I've actually forgotten the title. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Unlocked maybe. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend people uh, go for that one. It's it's lots of really good quotes. Mm. Wow. And you've got, do you have a, any residentials coming up or in-person meetings or? Well, it slowly starts again. I mean, before, before COVID, I was really traveling a lot. I had a lot of in-person meetings and uh, the meetings in Germany and Austria and Switzerland are in German, mm. and, but then I was traveling around Europe and sometimes the US and they were held in English. And what's coming up now is the residential on Crete in September, where there will be an English week and a German week. And yeah, I hope it works out. It's, it seems as if it works out, you know, because of COVID, not because of anything else. So mm -hmm. that's coming up. 
And then I slowly start traveling after that, hopefully there'll be a weekend in the UK and next year I may be even go to Thailand to have a residential there, but that's kind of new, we'll see. <laughs> have you noticed an increase in the number of people that resonate with this message over the last couple of years or? Well, it's hard to say. I don't know. It's not representative, really, because I started with really small groups and it's still small groups. It never grew really huge, so to speak. So mm -hmm. for me, it got more in my story, but it's still small numbers. I just don't know. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to talk with me. It's been lovely. Mm, thanks for the invitation. I enjoyed it very much. Cool. Cool. Okay. And I look forward to watching more of your videos. I just can't help myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works for me. People can't help themselves. So. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much. It's lovely. It's lovely. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you.